welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sandler, joined, as always, by the Sam Mendez to my director, Bong. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how are you doing? Uh, you know, I would be offended, except Sam Mendez was really good, too. Oh, yeah. That's why I picked the good one. And our very own Todd Phillips. That's right. It's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric. Gross. Are you, a, are you a man in a society? <laughs> I already did the Joker joke last week, so I'll just say Todd Phillips, big contributions to the movie world with Old School and The Hangover 1. And uh, the role he used to play in movies when he would have the jerry curl and the glasses and the and the tracksuit and he'd be creeping the elevator or uh, knocking on doors uh, asking about orgies, that was old Todd Phillips. Bring it back. Yeah, I like um, how Todd Phillips said, you can't be funny anymore. It's too hard to be funny. I'm not making comedies anymore. And then Taika Waititi just retweeted it with like four emojis and was like, huh? Like, <laughs> like you can still be funny, dude. You know what it turned out? It turned out that Todd Phillips was just never funny. Yeah. He was looking in the mirror when he when he wrote that. So You know, he was looking at himself in a society. Yeah, yeah, I, many have asked, and we are here to answer, will we be covering uh, Seattle Dragons in the offseason? And the answer right now is ab. Absolutely, yes. yes. Even though the XFL Dragons, I think, are the worst team in the XFL, I've looked deep into the roster, I've looked at all the other teams, and boy, do we have a team that can't finish a pass rush and can't cover. It's it's going to be bad. The, I the think horde is bare. The the dragons might go defeated. The dragoons are uh, are impending. But you know what? I'm going to go sit, watch some of the games. I'm going to have fun with it because that's I think the point of the XFL. We're is definitely going to get drunk and watch a game. Care care less about how good the team is and more about just like being rowdy and having fun. Also, their merch pretty good. <laughs> yeah, good good uniforms. They got nice. Eric, they got nice. Eric, Eric how do you feel about the uniforms? You know, I don't really like the. Uh, University of Miami and Denver Broncos had a baby look, but you know what? Screw it. It's XFL. Better than some of the uniforms. Do you like, that, do are you like that we're playing the team that stole Action Green this week in CenturyLink Field? I so. noticed that, yeah, and uh, we're going to stick it to them by losing by seven. It's going to be <laughs> awesome. The, uh, uh, in all fairness, if Jim Zorn wasn't really bad at coaching, we would be. You know, I'm just waiting bad. for that. How first does when we're going to all get together and yell hip hip hooray? Let's talk about this, okay? The t- the teams. I'm looking at the like, so I'm looking at all the. I, I'm watching it on Saturday, and I I'll be honest, I went in mildly blind to the whole experience. I didn't know a lot except for I knew Brandon Silvers was our quarterback. And I knew a couple other things. And then uh, I was like, okay, I'm kind of flying blind here, but I want to I want to kind of get to know. So I look, like, look at the whole league, and I look at who everyone's coaches are. And, I look at, and man, we have, like, the worst. Jim Zorn, I know he's, <laughs> like, a Seattle Seahawks legend, but, boy, he is so corny. Other places, uh, Bob Stoops, who's really good at hiring assistants, and Pep Hamilton, who has called functional offenses in the NFL. We get Jim Zorn. Yeah, and I'm like, so I, they show the the extra point thing. They're like, you can get one from the two, two from the five, or three from the ten. And I'm like, why would anyone ever go for one? Jim Zorn goes for one every single time. Got to get I'm those like, points. Oh, my gosh. This is, it's classic. It's like, there's a reason that this guy got fired. And I mean, I don't like Mark Tressman. I think Mark Tressman sucks. But I would kill to have Mark Tressman over... Over uh, Pe- and Pep Hamilton. Wow, how did Washington got Pep Hamilton and and the best quarterback, probably the best player. Let's be honest, the most useful player in the entire league. Yeah, Cardell's got to be up there if he's not the best. It's either he's that one or of the Coney best. Ely right now. And like June Jones, at least he's like a, had running an interesting offense. 
I don't like Kevin Gilbride. I think New York also has a really bad coach, so uh, they'll probably be that's the a that's a callback to New York though. That's that's a callback to his Giants days trying to get people. That's what a lot of this is. Kevin Gilbride also went for one every time, which just kind of shows you where they're at. And uh, both Kevin of those Gilbride also looks like an extra from Dog the Bounty Hunter or the dad from the uh, uh, We Build Motorcycles and Yell at Each Other TV one show. Thing I, it's I like Dog that, without the wig. Gilbride has coached the NFL for like thirty years and still. He coached this XFL game like he was trying to protect his job. Like he was like he was like oh, I gotta be conservative. I gotta make sure I don't make mess up. I gotta and it's like dude, you're up twenty. You're up twenty to three. Like just just go for it. Who cares? It's like it was so infuriating to watch. He was so bad. I wish we had Wade Phillips instead. What about it? there? There was one game. I think it was. Um, I think it was the Wildcats Roughnecks game where someone kicked a field goal to go down by two scores when they're already down by two scores because <laughs> they didn't realize that you can get nine points for a touchdown. And it was like, I guess that's what they're doing. I, I don't Good know. Good coaching. They don't, they're the coaches in these games are, I mean, they have competent coaching talent, but they also have some guys who, you know, they let, they were pushed out of the league for being knuckleheads and they're still knuckleheads. Well, let's so talk about things that they should implement in the NFL. Okay. The, the kickoffs. The kickoffs are great. 100% keep. So the way that the kickoff works is the uh, kick comes from the place you would expect it, but the two teams line up. Is it across from each other at the 20 or the 25? And basically they create. They, there's a line of scrimmage. They kick it, and then the blocking occurs in a spot. And it really does make it so that the hits are um, no more violent than they are in a standard play, which is the whole head injury thing. But at the same point in time, it makes for a really interesting kickoff. The refs on audio, especially during replay, but during all decisions, never going to happen in the NFL, really needs to happen in the NFL. It was really nice to be able to hear that insight. That was really cool. And they all kind of sounded the same. All the refs. What do you got? Yeah, I don't think so either. Okay. Let's make sure. I really liked the the in-game audio from the coaches. I thought that was like a really cool uh, wrinkle. I I understand why that's not going to happen in the NFL because of play calls. But I would be down for the whole um, sideline interview. The person comes off from the play and they immediately ask him. I liked it, but they overdid it. They did overdo it. Like like when the guy was trying to run back on the field and the reporter, she's like, I still want to talk to you. And he's like, I got to go. I got to go. That was the the rough next game, I believe. Yeah, the rough. So, okay. Like a true homer. Did you watch watch our game? Did you watch all? Okay, Eric, did you watch all four games? I watched every game, not all the way through, but I, did I not, watched every game. I did not catch any. I watched every minute of every game except for I didn't watch Battle Hawks Renegades. I didn't watch all of it. Oh, okay. That um, was, I don't know, one of the more enjoyable ones. I really enjoyed creating the Battle Hawks when I was twelve. On um, Madden. I also, <laughs> I also turned off the Roughnecks Wildcats at the end because it was over. But uh, the okay, this um, one thing I like too is that the teams can catch up better because eighteen points is two scores now. So, like, if you're down, you know, 18 to 36, then you're really only down two scores. It creates a lot more drama. The Dragons could have caught up at the end of that game with some three-point conversions and really going for it. Our t- roster is uh, – it's – It's pretty bad. It's not good. And we're Austin ar- Prohl's We're good. already super injured. It's Ricky like, Prohl does, does have a, a lot one of One thing I like about it is still. it has a bunch of the reject offensive linemen that the Seahawks have had in the past that we know, already know, aren't good. Isaiah Battle. Cyril Richardson. Like, it's it's um, it's um not great. It seems like the cities kind of went with discarded players in their region, and unfortunately our discarded players are not very good. Also, like, it would have been better if we'd have gone with um, 
Like we should have Elijah Qualls, the UW guy. Like because that's a, that's another local tie that's actually like fond memories instead of guy who got cut by Seahawks. Yeah. Well, we have Case and Williams, so that's a guy. Okay. Uh, enough of the roster breakdown. Actual game. Uh, yeah. Like Kevin said, Austin Pearl was great. Um, he probably will get a training camp call now because of just even just that game probably gets him to that point where he gets to come into a team's training camp to try to make an NFL roster. Yep. Um, and uh, uh, Farrow, the running back, he was yeah. pretty good as an all-purpose guy. He's pretty small. Yeah. I I think that it's gonna be tough, but he he did he has been on uh, he was on the Patriots and on the the uh, the Dolphins and the Chargers. So he's he's had a good chance to make in the NFL, and yeah, he'll probably be like a preseason, maybe special teams, flexible guy for somebody. It seems like a good role for him. And then we've got some talent along the interior of the defensive line. They were getting pressure, but they just couldn't finish any sacks. And that That's because might... it was a bunch of interior guys who aren't fast enough to chase down Cardell Jones. Yeah, and I was going to say, that might just be Cardell Jones being really good. Because like, there was a lot of times he was making a really good throw as he got hit. Yep, but uh, that's because he's also the size of the defensive lineman. I just this want is true, Kevin. I just want to encourage everyone. He's XFL Cam Newton. That even <laughs> if even if you like are thinking in your head the so team's not good, on. they're the they're the longest odds to make the to win the championship. They're sixteen to one. Yeah, there was a graphic that said that, and after watching the game, they are correct. Watching all the games, they're probably correct. But it's twenty four dollars to get in the stadium. Um, it, it's a, it's going to be a great time. You could probably get $12 third party tickets, right? You can, well, maybe it probably uh, won't buy be like sold game out. four. It probably won't be sold out. And I can't imagine season ticket holders just like giving their tickets away. I don't know. We'll see, but maybe, maybe you can get into like club one for like 50 bucks. You know what I mean? Like you can get a discount on the more expensive tickets. Dude, I, I would, I would love to go, uh, pre-funk at the triangle and hit up a game. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great time. We should make it a hawk's nest. Oh, thing. only lower. Yeah. It's only lower bowl too. There's no upper bowl uh, until they sell reminder, it all out. Reminder for people who go to haven't been to CenturyLink though, or don't follow CenturyLink on Twitter. It's cashless now, so you gotta bring your card or you gotta. They have like these stations you can go to in there now where you put cash into a machine and it gives you a prepaid card, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> I don't want to do that unless you're buying booze. I believe isn't the microbrew. Cashful? No, no cash in the whole stadium now, Kevin. Oh, okay. It's it's a hundred percent cashless. They went. They're going a hundred percent cashless, starting with the dragons. Oh, okay, okay. And then it's like a new thing. So now, now, uh, and it will. I continue. like that because now I know that it, I can just use my card everywhere and don't have to carry cash. Because it's always annoying when they're like cash only. Right. That's that's my nightmare is cash only. It's a cash cashless venue. So that's going to be kind of cool. I think I think that's an interesting wrinkle for the stadium to add in addition to the new mm-hmm. rules. Uh, so let's let's go over the new rules again. One two one two three point conversions we like, right? Yep. Yeah. Also, it it was cool when it had three lines on the field and you could see kind of how far like eyeball how far away Teaches it was. you the game, yeah. Kind of neat. Um, then we had. Uh, oh, another thing I liked the announcers were real announcers. Yes. Uh, yeah, they weren't. Uh, they weren't uh, trying to be like WWE announcers like the last time. Nope. And they weren't trying to be funny. It was just legitimate announcers. That also, short halftime NFL experience with uh, uh, no old guys yammering. Nope, Fast. mic'd up locker room. Well, unless you count Jim Zorn there. Kevin. I like the faster play clock. Did you see that when the the fumble play where they they fumbled close and then they showed Zorn mic'd up and he like oh used my 
gosh. Oh my gosh. Darn dang it. Yeah. Like he was Dag Nabbit. He sounds like a cartoon character. I'm really from like, glad our coaches. He's a retired Landers. cartoon character. This is the guy who did milk ads with Steve Largent 40 years ago. Yeah. Not a joke. Hey, uh, one thing I do like that uh, was kind of a cool thing for the players is that each team plays with their own ball. So like when the dragons have the ball, they play with a dragon's ball. And if you intercept that ball. Uh, I believe you, you mean a dragon ball. Oh, you're correct. Wow. Look at this. I'm, I'm the worst fan. Otherwise, one of the I'm the worst mega League fan there Super is. Saiyan Dragon Ball. It's Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Anyway, Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, but uh, so when people like you know they they create the turnover, they they have extra incentive to keep that ball, and I think that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, and I I if I, I think if our quarterback was Goku, we'd probably be better. If I'm being honest. Uh, well, I don't know. I've never seen him throw anything. Okay, let's get into it. Um, Seattle Seahawks. We're gonna go. Uh, I guess we can week. talk about that team too. <laughs> We're going to start this week. We're going to go over um, guys that we think the Seahawks could sign in free agency. So we're Do we want to hit uh, position groups real quick in general? Like what we think they're going to actually go after? Okay, so let's start with quarterback. I think we should sign Drew Brees. Just kidding. Let's skip quarterback. We have Russell Wilson. I'm going to go to wide receivers. Okay, so wide receivers is a position that I think the Seahawks could add an outside guy. Where they Right now they have DK Metcalf. We have Tyler Lockett. And we have a bunch of dudes that I would say are number four wide receivers at the NFL level. Would you guys tend to agree with that assessment? No, some of them are fives. <laughs> okay. So the guys that are, there's a lot of free agent talent available. Okay. We've got Amari Cooper. He's very expensive. I don't think worth the money. Probably just going back to the Cowboys. Not really worth talking about. AJ Green. He's injured a lot, but when healthy is one of the premier outside wide receivers in the NFL. How old is AJ Green now? AJ Green was, well, it's 31 and a half right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rob, Robbie Anderson, Robbie Anderson is deep an threat. outside guy, deep threat, heavy hitter. He played on the Jets. He has not been great. His his um he has really high highs and really low lows. But he ranked he has ranked 11th in deep receiving yards since 2016, 15th best grade in the NFL on 20 plus yard throws. And that's with the Jets, uh, so which that, is a big handicap. So Russ could that could be a guy who could use it. But a lot of people think he's going to get well over 10 million dollars a year because he's so young. And I just don't see that being worthwhile. It's brutal. Emmanuel Sanders uh, is available. I think Emmanuel Sanders is hitting that point where signing him to a you know a three year deal would be would be tough because he'll be thirty three next season, right? Yeah, he's thirty. He's thirty two and thirty two point nine years old right now, and he's had three really like this, good seasons. This, this thing I'm using has the the decimal ages. That's a, that's very technical. <laughs> All right, so. I do think that there's something to be said for AJ Green and Robbie Anderson. Take a long look at them. If they are available, cheap enough, go there. But yeah, if they now, make it to like the second or third wave of free agency and clearly the market hasn't developed for them, that might be interesting. Now let's get to the and this is a really good wide receiver draft too, so it could be like a light free agent year. Here's some guys that I think we actually could get. Okay. Brashad Perryman. Okay, Brashad Perryman played has played for two teams, Baltimore and Tampa Bay already. He's twenty six years old. Last season, he was the number two, number 42 wide receiver based on pro football focus. Um, when he was on the Buccaneers, he only dropped one pass. So he kind of improved the drop season that he was he on had. Baltimore, he it, dropped all the passes. Yeah, I was going to say that he had. <laughs> while um, Jameis Winston had a 94.7 passer rating when throwing to Perryman last year. He looks good. He could be available on an affordable contract. He has a really bad injury history. Seems like the kind of guy that we could uh, make, a, make a push for that, you know, would be a bit of a like the Seahawks style reclamation project, you know, like a a guy who you know had some problems uh, getting into the like you know in the league and 
now he's he's ready to you know learn the Seahawk way or what, how, whatever Pete would want to say. You know, I, he doesn't do that Patriots way shit, but you know what I'm trying to say. I know what you're trying to say. I I wouldn't be on Brashad Perriman. I think he has just way too many question marks for coming off of a good season on a contract year. Um, I mean, he's going to get like one or two years for around seven million a year. He's not right, and I wouldn't really feel super good about paying him more than five. And I'd be worried to be like the Jaron Brown signing. He's signing to bring someone in just to bring someone in. I just want to say too that he's. You said he's injured a lot, and he does pick up small injuries, but he's never appeared in less than ten games in a season in four years in the NFL. Didn't he miss an entire season? Nope. So there, I just looked. That's just all. Those the drops he had, Kevin. It was like a miss. He dropped a whole season. Okay, the next the next guy uh, on my list here, we got um, Nelson Aguilar. Now there's a guy with, with the, that seems to uh, drop everything, but th- it gets bad after this. Aguilar, Amendola, Randall Cobb, Devin Funches, Tajay Sharp. I mean, these guys are are not not going to be very good. So it dries up quick after this top layer. Of, uh, of dudes would you would you try a reclamation project on Aguilar or Funches Tajay Sharp Lacan Treadwell I, I would mean, look at like Tajay Sharp yeah. Farrow Cooper Cody Latimer um a guy who please not Cody Latimer any of the other names you said are fine Philip Dorsett uh, no um Philip Dorsett is least fast he Philip has, Dorsett couldn't catch skill. on in New England where they had like negative wide receivers last year they were. They had like. Maybe they had really good wide receivers. And Tom I see Brady Josh Gordon on that list. They're naked. Yes, blame Tom Brady. I like it. Keep going. Keep. We could resign Josh Gordon. I mean, maybe they get time might be one to know. I would not hate it. I would. I don't. It's not good. Like it's I said, it's not going to happen. Uh, can we get Larry Fitzgerald somehow? Uh, just his butt. That would be amazing, but it's never no. happening. Yeah, I think that our best. It's either that or just you know resign David Moore and run him back as our four. Perriman, Green, Anderson, or Draft. I think that's, those are the those are kind of the the choices the Seahawks have this offseason. Please not Perriman. I, I don't think it's as bad as you make it out to be. In a one year, two year contract, we'll have tons of cap room. It's a it's a nice flyer. I think he performed really well down the stretch last season. Okay, next one, uh, running backs. I know it's difficult to think that we might need a running back, but we'll have two guys coming back from major injuries. And depth at this position will probably be something we need to look at. Now, the top guys, Derrick Henry and Melvin Gordon, are not going to be wearing a Seahawks uniform next year because there's no way we're dumping that kind of money into this position. There's been but some there, rumors thus around Derrick Henry, and I don't understand it. Um, uh, the rumor is Seattle likes running backs. He is a running back. Herp derp, let's put him on Seattle. Yeah, it's got to be something dumb like that. Okay. There's a couple tier two guys that I think are really interesting that will be available on like the short, shorter contracts, similar to, to some of the guys we just talked about. So Jordan Howard is a guy that could be a really good fit as just a, a guy who comes in, can do some things, doesn't suck, will be cheap and 25. Uh, Kenyon Drake, same thing. I do not think that his finish to last season earned him as much money as other people seem to think. He'll probably be available on a short deal for somewhere between four and eight, four and six million dollars. Kenny Drake's got a lot more variety to his game than Jordan Howard, too. And I think right. both of those guys are going to try and cash in based Ca- on their the end of last season. Cash not in the, on not I, that they deserve it. They're both on second team, so they're both unrestricted free agents. But I just don't I don't see how they ca- they can cash in on Jordan Howard had five hundred twenty five rushing yards and six touchdowns. Like uh, Kenyon Kenyon Drake had a really good end to a season, but at the end of the day. It's 
he's he's kind of burned a lot of bridges through his trips. Sorry, I have the hiccups. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, he he couldn't really do anything in Miami, and then he he usurped David Johnson. Uh, I don't know. I feel like those two guys belong with the teams they have that that have them, and that's probably where they they'd make the most money and be the best place to resign. I'm fine going after a guy like a uh, Devonte Booker or uh, DeAndre Washington. I have I have a guy that's uh, that's like a second chance a reclamation project. Peyton Barber, that's my guy. That's you've a always, solid one. You've I always like, loved Peyton Barber. I like Peyton Barber, I think he's a lot more talented than he gets credit for, and he'd be a good like guy you can plug in and hope that he fills in you know 75 percent of what Carson was giving you until he's ready to go. Are you not on the Chris Thompson train anymore? I love Chris Thompson, but I just don't think it's realistic. Um, he doesn't. I, he doesn't fit what we what we look for in a running back like that. And believe it or not, every year he gets a little older. Yeah, he's so good though. All right, tight ends. <laughs> we obviously need a second tight end. Uh, Third tight end. I'm okay. First tight end. But the the, the they're going to bring in another tight end. They want to play with two tight ends a lot of the time. They they're going to look to you know back up Disley just in case he's not ready to go. They already have two other guys that are going to compete for a spot, Dixon and Hollister. So we've got lots of great free agents at the position, which is why I think this is such a good position for the Seahawks to target. Hunter Henry is the big name. Hunter Henry's probably going to get close to $10 million a year. He is too injury prone. No thank you. Would you what if it's a short deal? What if it's like 220 with $18 million guaranteed or something? You know, like almost all guaranteed. How about 218 with $13 million guaranteed? He'll get better than that. Yeah, I don't want him. Uh, Kevin, do you, are you interested in a Hunter Henry? Uh, at ten mil, I don't know, man. Like, I think the whole like that's a big chunk of our budget. It's a, it's yeah, it is. Eric Ebron. No, I don't. He's a glorified I don't receiver. receiver. Same same so, thing I said about Hunter Henry, but I like Hunter Henry a lot more. Um, Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper's gonna get overpaid. Yeah, Austin Paper. I okay. He's I heard, a good. He's a good guy. A good fit. He's just gonna get overpaid. Hunter Henry's better than Austin Hooper, but Austin Hooper's probably going to get thirty more guaranteed million dollars than him, or twenty more guaranteed. He's gonna get a lot more guaranteed dollars. Yeah, can still get like a four or five year deal, and and Henry's gonna get like a one or a two. Prove it. Okay, here's here's where we get into the uh, the fun zone. These are guys that all have like a significant issue. Uh, that is going to cause them to be cheaper than available. Okay, Greg Olson, old and hurt. Uh, often he's had injury problems last two two of the last three years. Mm-hmm. Um, but but he's good and uh, he's he's hurt. So what do you got? You guys in, you guys down for one Greg Olson as an announcer? No, as <laughs> as our as like a I don't know if I want to pay him six and a half million if I'm if I'm if I'm getting Greg Olson or bringing back Quentin Jefferson and. Uh, a small signing. I'd rather have Quentin Jefferson a small signing. I want someone who's going to be versatile in the tight end role, who can give us speed and blocking. Well, Greg Olson's is, good, but Greg Olson's getting older, and he doesn't. Yeah, Greg doesn't Olson play all can give time. you speed and blocking. That's that was just, young Greg Olson. Current still, Greg Olson. That guy can move, dude. Banged up, he can move for maybe six games a year. I need more than that. I'm going to disagree with you a good bit there, Eric. I think Greg Olson's still a talented player. I just don't want to give up the capital we'd have to. I, I don't. Why are you so gun shy about giving up like six million for a bunch of guys, Kevin? Because because they, I feel like we have, we have to rebuild our million, defensive line and offensive line. We have Sixty-one million in cap space, and we're not going to sign more than like one, probably one big name. So yep. then that leaves us like a bunch of guys that are going to be in the, like the but five we need to ten like million two range. or three. We we like two offensive linemen and like four guys along the defensive line, and that's going to be a lot of money. 
Mm, I don't know. Well, okay, we'll, we'll talk about it in a second. And we have a ton of draft picks too. So some of these are polls are going to get plugged by draft picks. Uh, Greg Olson, thirty-five, but then Tyler Eifert. How about that? How about a flyer on Tyler Eifert, another versatile guy, but who's often very, very injured. He's been hurt uh, pretty much all of the two of the last three years. Last year was pretty healthy though. Um, Charles Clay, I like Charles Clay. I'm a, I'm a fan. Uh, he's another person who's played in that kind of H back role. So if we wanted to start doing a little bit more backfield motion with our tight end. I think you can get um, Charles Clay for a, a good dollar amount, too. How about Bradley Soul? No. <laughs> he was a tight end last year. I just wanted to make that joke. Okay. Uh, you know who I like out of this that you didn't mention? Offensive line legend. Uh, Levine Toilolo. Um, sure. Excellent blocking tight end and functional pass catcher. I would I would say that, that you could find that. It, he better cost like literal zero dollars. Yeah, he'll cost you, like a million dollars. You can you can find that that talent set on the street. I think. If we get him for like nine hundred fifty thousand, one point one million, something He's like, like that. George Fant level pass catcher right now. And that, <laughs> He's better than George Fant. <laughs> um, okay, offensive tackles. Um, so okay, we're not getting Anthony Costanza. No one's getting him. He's going back to the Colts. Think we can uh, get Conklin? Conklin is probably available. I would drool over Conklin at right tackle. Okay. Projected contract from overthecap.com. Five years, $14 million a year, $34 million guaranteed. Sold. Ugh, no. I don't like it. I would rather pay, like, Andrew Whitworth one year, one year $14 million and, like, just kind of kick the can down the road for a year than get locked into Conklin, who I think is, like, a slightly above average tackle, but not great. I think Conklin on 454 is not unreasonable. And that would lock him up to about his age 30 season. I think that would be a good move. I would do 454. Would, you wouldn't rather have like, you know, like Whitworth or Jason Peters on a one or two year deal. Just like uh, let them let them sunset their careers across on the... Because they're going to play right tackle. If like, I wasn't going to I get, don't want to pay a right tackle that much money. Because we're, we're going to... Dwayne's going to be around for what? Two, three or more years at least? Maybe two. Having two really good offensive tackles is not a bad thing. Okay, fine. Then I would go down to like Brian Bulaga. Um, um, you could like. probably give him a two-year deal. He'd probably make like less than ten mil a year, right around ten mil a year. I think that'd be a good option. I think Brian Bulaga is going to get longer contract. Uh, over the cap projects four years, nine million a year, thirty-six million dollars total. I would do that. I think mm-hmm. I might do that as well. It's fair. I think that's a f- that's I'm more into that than I am into Conklin. Because otherwise, you're starting to get like Dennis Kelly, Demar Dotson. <laughs> Uh, Ride the Kelvin Beach. I don't mind him either as like a right tackle flyer, but I have a piece of man. Kevin's reading off Madden Creative Blade. The worst worst podcast ever for me in terms of (laughs) weird things happening. Do you want me to go get you a a rag or something, buddy? Weird things keep happening to my face. What about Kelvin Beachum, Kevin? Uh, Kelvin Beachum is fine. He's he's a solid player. He'll know what to do. He's not the type of offensive lineman that typically pursues at that position as far as like measurables, but he is. Like, he'll do his job. Yeah. Um, I might rather have... I just like, think that that's the kind of level of guy we, we're going to be looking at. Is a guy who... Is right around 30 years old for a, right around 8 to 10 million? Less. Beecham's going to be cheaper than that, I think. I think Beecham's going to be like... Yeah, probably 8, actually. You're probably right. Eight's about the right number. But the contracts are short. One thing I think the Seahawks are going to try to do this offseason, and this is just part of the... My overall feeling like two, three year deals. is they're not going to lock into anyone for a super long time unless they're very confident that they're going to be good, which is why I, I'm kind of looking at, a, I think, a different class of player for a lot of these positions is you can lock into a couple of these guys for two or three years because overall we're one of the youngest teams in the league. And we don't, 
I don't think you want to lock in long term with guys that you are bringing into your new system that you don't know how they're going to perform. So I'll tell you what I want to avoid right here. I want to avoid um, like Mike Remmers or uh, uh, Marshall Newhouse. Like I don't want to. I don't want to sign a guy who's just not very good. Like if I wanted to sign a guy who wasn't very good, I would just re-sign Jermaine Effetti. Um. Yeah, that's because Jermaine Effetti is going to probably make like right around that eight to ten million. Yes. I'd rather get a guy who's older but is more of a reliable quantity. Like, and there's a bunch of those guys, like you just said. There's uh, Dot- Jason Peters, Dotson, Peters, there's Dotson, Beecham, there's Belaga, there's Beecham, Dennis Kelly. Like, I wouldn't mind Whitworth on a one year ten, like one year ten million dollars, all guaranteed. Show up in shape destroy some people at right tackle like let's go win a super bowl with russell wilson and i'm sure he'd be into that i feel like last year just kind of beat him down mentally because of how bad the team was and peters peters same thing peters is he's still really good even though he's 38 last year jason peters was the number six pro football focus tackle on almost a thousand snaps and andrew whitworth two years ago was the number three tackle these guys are 38 but they're not past it necessarily they might just they're not. They're not going to be all pros anymore, right? The and thing is, if you're going to get Andrew Whitworth or Jason Peters, then you're probably drafting a guy in the second or third round exactly. that you think could develop spot start for him a couple of times this season and develop for a year or two. Now, I feel pretty solid about the interior guys on the roster and just bringing in some like quality depth for for guard. You know, just trying to bring in another guy that can challenge for a rotation spot. But there are some very talented guards available in this uh, year's. There's a dude I love offseason draft. Scherf and Thune are both, I think. Like excellent, excellent guards. They are, but they're going to get paid a billion dollars. They're both, but they're both going to make seventy million dollars, and I don't think they fit exactly what they're going to look for. I like Graham Glasgow a lot. You like Graham Glasgow a lot. That's how much? Uh, how much do we pay IU Potty this year? And don't say too much. much. We know that. Uh, Pro Bowl. <laughs> I, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, Pro Bowl, Mike. IU Potty. It'd be nice to to plug his salary into a younger player, whatever that salary is, because it it's going to be. I was going to say it's like six or seven. That's you can find better than that and younger this year. There's, yeah, Glasgow. The thing I think that's going to happen that could get us in trouble. Is he can play center or guard. Scherf and Thuni are both going to get taken off the board quick, right? Because we're only gonna, we only paid the Upati three million, by the way. And then it's going to mm-hmm. make it's going to make Glasgow overpriced. Does that make sense? It's either going to make him overpriced or people are going to go like, or people are going to cool on the market. and He's going to be a deal. It's one or the other. Yeah, so if if he's like a shorter contract, two three years, and about ten million a year, I'm into it. Otherwise, I'd rather just you know go get like. Yeah, I wouldn't pay him more than ten. That's for sure. And then the center. I mean, obviously we have Britt coming back. Um, there's Ben Garland and Connor McGovern are both I think talented, talented centers. Um, but you don't have to go go get a guy here. I don't think. I think this is a position where you stand pat unless you have to cut Britt to make room for something extraordinary coming on the other side of the ball. All right, that's that's all the offensive positions. You guys ready for defense? Yeah. Kevin's ready for defensive line, I can tell. He's chomping ready. at the bits. Well, we chomping uh, at the bit or raring to get. Um, interior defensive line. One thing I love about this is I think Jaron Reed's really good, and I think that he, he might have played his way out of a mega deal, and we could probably get him back for 10 mil, two, 10 mil for two, two years, 220, something like that. Which is uh, nice. That that that's a lot better than the thirteen that we thought we were gonna have to yeah, pay him. That that makes this all a lot easier. Now there's a lot of talented players here. The best is Chris Jones. Obviously, Jones would be a great fit. And if we miss on Clowney, I would go all in on Jones. He, one thing that bugs me about Chris Jones, 
Okay, and this is the thing, is that he wears the same gloves every time he every time he plays, and apparently wow. they, and apparently they stink. <laughs> gross. <laughs> it's really gross, dude. That, that is really gross. Um, so so because of that, I'm gonna go for Javon Hargrave, <laughs> the interior defender for for Pittsburgh. Pairing up um, Javon Hargrave with Jaron Reed would give us a deadly interior yeah, combo. He's just a he would be the thing about um Jaron, I think, is he's at his best when he can um play off of an, another play off of other guys that are filling their gaps. And Jason Javon Hargrave does his job. He just eats up space in the middle of the field and makes it impossible for teams to run on you. But basically by himself. Uh, so yeah, I'm uh, and then you can always bring Puna in on the on the pass downs, you know. You want to know a guy I think we're gonna sign? Who? Uh Michael Pierce. Okay. Played okay. for Baltimore. Like He's Michael a Pierce. really, really good run stopper. Yes. And he'll make run stopper money. He'll be this year's Al Woods. He'll come in. We'll really like him. He'll be really effective for a couple years, and then he'll be gone. Yeah, he's uh he's projected to get a three year, fifteen million dollar deal by over the cap, and I think he's he really do that. He's he doesn't play a lot of snaps because he's really one dimensional. He's never gone. Yeah, he's over, a two down run stopping D tackle. Never gone over six hundred snaps in a season. It'd be uh, like I like him or like uh, maybe Andrew Billings on a really cheap deal out of Cincinnati. He's another guy who's just younger. Uh, plays well against the run. He'll give you like solid interior snaps. Kate, I have a question. Over the cap projects Leonard Williams to get $15 million a year, which I think is pretty unreasonable. Do you think, uh, like, if Leonard Williams ends up closer to like $10 million, would you be into the Leonard Williams reclamation project? Because uh, I'm kind of into it. Like, the more I think about it, the more I like How much? It. $10 million a year. So, like, I'm going off Seahawks history. No. Yeah, like three thirty-two. That's exactly. Or like, if he wants, or maybe he wants a two-year deal because he thinks he can get another big contract. Sure. Or so like two twenty, two twenty-five, two twenty-five, like all guaranteed or something like that. Yeah, sure. <sighs> I'd rather have uh, Javon Hargrave. At I'd rather 12, at twelve. I'd probably rather have Gerald McCoy. To be honest with you, I'd rather have Hargrave. At, if it, if it's going to be over ten million, I'd rather have Hargrave. Okay, and this is a, this is a point that I wanted to make before we move on is that there's a lot of guys. This is that, where I think we're spending. There's a lot of guys at this position that you can take a chance as reclamation project wise and like try to make you. Gerald McCoy should be available for Mike less Daniels. than ten million dollars. Timmy Jernigan should be available for less than ten million dollars. Michael Brocker should be available for for less than ten million dollars. Like Collins. Danny Shelton should be available for less than ten million dollars. You can you could try to do something here where you sign five guys and make a rotation as opposed to trying to to get one dude to fill in. I actually really guy. like the Danny Shelton signing too. Um, like he's another guy you can get for like a mil, mil and a half. And I think he's gonna be more expensive than that, but not okay, a lot. Okay, right? fine, four like million, two, four two million. And a half, you get for four million or whatever. Okay, yeah. now everyone's talking about edge defenders. And that's obviously like a premier position in the NFL. I'm just going to go over the contracts really quick of some of these top guys and just tell you that people are projecting Clowney to get five years, $21 million a year. That is uh, that is steep. I'm not going to lie. Would you pay Clowney five twenty one? Eric, start with you. I feel like you have to place, pay someone on your line a big amount. 21 is a lot. 17, 18 million. Yes. 21. Shoot. I know the cap's going to go up. This is tough. I'll say this. I'll be a follower. If you guys were all in on it, I'd be all in on it as well, but it would be a lot of trepidation from me. Right now, I'm going to lean no. For me, it's a, it's a no, mostly because even though the tape is good, um, he doesn't play. He plays kind of outside of system for us. 
and he never is gonna match he's never gonna have the production that other edge defenders will have and i would rather spend less money on a guy who is going to produce and be part of a system as opposed to Clowney, who's a little bit he he's he's really fun to watch he's really good but he's always going to be like kind of floating around that that's outside of the system. I would rather give Eric Armstead seventeen or eighteen million Absolutely. than give uh, Jadeveon Clowney twenty one. Absolutely, I don't think there's any way San Francisco lets Eric Armstead leave though. They will franchise him, or he already said he'd play for the franchise tag. So that's I think that's right out. I would love to if have we Eric can Armstead. Get, yes. Eric Armstead is, is like my dream player from this year's draft. If we can get him for like. 85 million for over five years. I'm I'm so down. That's 100 uh, percent the dude for me. But I just think there's no way they let him walk. So some dudes that are really interesting to me lower down. I love Shaq Lawson. Okay. Shaq Lawson's going to be a a really cheap deal for a really solid edge defender. He's just a guy who's going to generate like a moderate number of sacks, play a lot of snaps, and he's not going to kill you on uh, rundowns. I think this is the kind of signing where. We, if we get a few of those guys, like Shaq Lawson, Vinnie Curry, Ronald Blair. Still haven't said Matthew Judon yet, which that's my that's uh, Emmanuel my Ogba. I'm not into Matthew Judon. Why? He's good. Uh, Matthew Judon, uh, almost all of his pressure, or over half of his pressures last year, came on uh, downs where the uh, quarterback had to hold on the ball for like over four seconds. They were basically coverage sacks. Um, most of his pressures came on uh, downs where the coverage set up the sack. I mean, he's had three straight seasons of over eight sacks. He has he's he forces fumbles, which I like. That's like a thing that he's I, not a bad I player. I just think he's going to go overpaid. Um, I I think he'll only get like 12, 10 to twelve. I would rather get Shaq Lawson and Vinnie Curry than just Matthew Judon. I'd rather get you know. Like I'd rather get. I don't really like Shaq Lawson that much. Like I like. I think that him and Matthew Judon are about the same player. I think hmm. Judon's a little better. Lawson strikes me as um, like he plays he plays uh, small to me. Like when I watch it, but the and then comparing him to like the other Bills defenders maybe is like part of the problem. Um, but I don't know. I think Judon stepped up big this year when Baltimore really needed him. Like they didn't really have a guy. To, they lost all their ed, like edge guys, and he still he kind of stepped into the role there there's a lot of good edge defenders though that could be like carl nasib and uh ronald blair and i like emmanuel ogba i think he has a lot of upside that hasn't been tapped yet michael bennett just kidding but but he is a free agent (laughs) Uh, he will wear out his welcome yet again somewhere else but i i wouldn't be surprised to see us uh track down like three free agency names here yeah or like 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 one big name and one small name or or if the market just dies on dante fowler and he goes down to like ten mil a year. That's not going to happen. I don't understand. Okay, there's a there's an, like an obsession on Seattle Twitter with Yannick Ngakwe, and I don't really get it. Like what what he is good. Don't get me wrong, but he doesn't. Dude, I'm seem not going like, to pay him twenty a year. He doesn't seem like the guy that would fit in the system that we play either. Like, what position do you want him to play? The the position that Sh- Shakim Griffin is playing right now. The stand-up end on third downs. The, I, I think people the, see the pay, big name in the free agent. You want to pay $20 million dollars a year for the Chris Carson role? Like, I think or not Chris Carson, sorry. What was that guy's Chris name? Chris Clemens. Chris Clemens, yes. I think people see him as more of a um, every-down, weak-side, uh, pass-rushing defensive end. And they don't realize, like, he he doesn't have the size that we normally see on that side. You want the every-down guy? Go get, go get Robert Quinn. Like, that's... 
that's the guy I feel comfortable with on that side playing every down. That and to be honest with you, Robert Quinn's going to be pretty affordable, probably too. Well, and that's the thing is, if you get Robert Quinn, and you get, you can probably get like Shaq Lawson, two of the other mid tier guys. Yeah. yeah, Lawson, Blair, Vinny Curry, all these dudes who are going to make like right around five mil a year. So you go get, you go pick up Emmanuel Ogba, you go pick up Carl Nassib. Those are guys are going to make like a couple million. You pick up two of those guys, one guy who's like the next tier above, and then you know, a, a Quinn and you suddenly find yourself with a rebuilt defensive line and, you know, draft a dude. The, there's no linebackers. We're not signing a linebacker. We have three no. line. We already have three competent. We already NFL have more linebackers than linebackers. So I'm not worried about that. We can right. turn someone into a linebacker. Cornerback. All right. Byron Jones is the big name. I think the big guest name. It'd maybe be a Chris good fit. Maybe Chris Harris. Byron Jones probably already knows the ki- the kick slide because he's played under Chris Richard in Dallas, but he's going to be very expensive, which worries me. I he can't would, I just can't see dropping 15 mil on a corner. Pro Football Focus ranked him the number 14 cornerback last year. He's very talented. Um but I think Chris Harris is probably let's just go straight to Chris Harris. Chris Harris is probably the better fit if we're going to overpay a guy on a shorter contract. Chris Harris could be the dude. One thing I like about Chris Harris is he can play both man, zone, slot, and outside. No matter where you put him, he's good, which lets you disguise your defense. It lets you kind of play little games and say, "Oh, here's Chris Harris. He's over here. Oh, actually, he's he's going to cover in the slot, or he's going to cover over here." Except our defense doesn't do that, so that's wasted. It's kind of a waste, <laughs> but the, I you you start they're going to start to do more of it. They did a little bit of it last year with the big nickel and the coming down at the end of the season. It felt like that was what we were moving towards a little bit. Um, again, are there any other quarterback corn corner backs, Kevin? That uh, catch your eye here uh i wouldn't mind doing a reclamation project if it's cheaper like, like McKenzie, a, a Trey waynes a mckenzie alexander darkwise denard eli apple um do you like darkwise denard the uh, i like darkwise denard quite a bit yeah. i think he's a really good slot corner right. do you want to um, try to, i'd be all about getting him. do you want to try to like rejuvenate jonathan joseph maybe get him in like a like a performance enhancing drugs program? uh no <laughs> i i would prefer my 38 year old people at offensive tackle if we're gonna do that yeah I um, do those thirty-eight-year offensive tackles. I'm, I'm, I hate to be like, hey, let's turn our offensive line into no country for old men, but like that, they, they uh, they're both good. I think I do like Kevin Johnson or something. Like I wouldn't mind going after uh, a guy who maybe showed some promise as a collegiate athlete and has flashed, but not really put it together. I think Darko's gonna Denard. The big thing about him though is he's a slot corner. So if we sign him, we're signing him to be a slot corner. But that also means that we're playing more slot corner. So I'm okay with that. All right. Um, Mackenzie Alexander would be like an outside guy to go compete. And I wouldn't mind signing him to go compete with Flowers if you're not going to draft a dude. Last, last position, safety. And I think that if, I I, one dude. if I'll be honest, if, if I was going to spend up at a position, this is the position I'd do it. I'd go get Anthony Harris and spend up and just be like, hey – Let's go get the best safety or one of the best safeties in the NFL and make that guy a star in our system. I don't think he makes it out of Minnesota, though. Yeah, I think they'll franchise him, to be honest with you. But he was number one pro football focus safety last year, 91.1 season grade. He not only one thing I like about him is he played in the he played 40 percent of his snaps in the box or over the slot. He can play a versatile role. He can cover. He can. He's a really sure tackler. 
Um, he's if I yeah, like I said, if he makes it to free agency, this is the guy that I would personally spend up on. I don't. A lot of people seem to think that safety is not a huge need for us this year, but I I think it's the one position where we could, if we brought in a really elite talent, you would see the most improvement in the Seahawks the fastest, um, because that so. You could you could you could also spend up on Justin Simmons too. because we're missing glue in the secondary. Is he's, that why? Uh, he's really. I think that there's just something missing from our yeah, defense. That's we, why I said missing we, glue. Like we can't we, play single high. And yeah, and we have a great cornerback on one side, but we have a bunch of guys everywhere else. And Bradley McDougal is good, but Bradley McDougal does certain things. Another he's, thing too he's is not if, that glue. We need. If you bring in Justin Simmons or Anthony Harris, both of these guys, I I feel pretty strongly about as being really good. The they both could play interchangeable roles, and if you put them on the field with Blair or Brad, you don't know which safety is going to line up in the box because they both could go and high Diggs. and be fine. And Diggs, you have all these guys that can play box or high, and you, you know you can be flexible. And we don't have to rely on all of these guys to be healthy at once, which is our problem last year. Is that every single one of those guys had to be healthy every week for our defense to be running at optimum efficiency? And Diggs had a hamstring, and uh. Blair, and Blair wasn't ready, and and uh, Brad, Brad had nagging injury, Brad had nagging injury all all year, and just bring in one of these guys so that it just solids up. Now so there's a bunch of you cheap and I have guys. a really similar thought here because there's a dude that I really like that I like for the same reason. Oh, okay, good. Um, so the 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 less good version is Demarius Randall. Okay. Um, out of Cleveland, mm-hmm. but the one I really want is Kendall Fuller out of Kansas City. Okay, yeah. and he's another guy who can play like slot safety. He could play box. He could play uh, like too deep. Not really a single high. I do think Fuller, play Fuller's best tape is at safety by a lot, or I mean cor- slot corner by a lot. Yeah, and I, I think him playing like a slot safety role because yeah. that's the thing is big he, nick, him as the, like a bringing him in and making him like, hey, this is the big nickel guy that we can also medium use, nickel <laughs> use in a different way. Um, I thought you were going to say Trey Boston just because Trey Boston seems to always be available at the end of free agency for like one year deal for and, no reason. And I'm like, hey, Trey Boston is really good at single high safety really good and he's done it three years in a row on three different teams in three different systems been a top 20 safety in the nfl that's pretty wild that's so i'm a big trey boston believer as well uh yeah though there's safety is a is a weird position here because yes we did bring in nino Diggs, and he is amazing he was really good but he did struggle with injuries and and it's not it's the kind of position where i don't Brad, I'm not a hundred percent on as like is he all a hundred percent right? You know, is he a hundred percent healthy? He seems like he's been battling injuries for the last two years now, mm-hmm. and it and I would just love to see him, you know, be able to rest some, <laughs> to get off the field a little bit and make sure that he's a hundred percent right. And Blair just seemed uh, he's when he's on, he's on, and when he's off, it's uh, it's certainly something. <laughs> that's that's how I feel about that. So safety could be a position where I think we could spend up. There's also just really good safeties available, which is why, maybe why I want to do that. Because, and I, I said this on Twitter a couple of times, and I don't think people really understand what I meant, but this is not a team where I feel 100% comfortable at any position except for quarterback. I don't feel like there's one position on the field where I'm like, hey, if we brought in an elite talent here, we wouldn't really get that much better. The linebacker, linebacker, and say and quarterback are the only two positions I feel that way about. I used to feel that way about running back until we had injury palooza this year. Right. So, mm-hmm. so it, 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 I want to bring in the best talent, and for me, the best talent is available at safety and interior defensive line. Yeah, right now, we have a lot of dudes sitting between like a C minus and a C plus on our roster, and if we can get a few more like B pluses, yeah, it I makes would a lo- big difference. I would like to bring in like a like a 
like a a safety and an a and then interior defensive line i think there's a lot of talent available so then that could be affordable as well and then we bring in a bunch of interior defensive linemen and try to improve the team that way yeah i'd love to see an offseason where we walk away with like okay we got robert quinn emmanuel ogba Shaq lawson uh re-signed jaron reed picked up javon hargreaves and got kendall fuller and then like brian bulaga was our only like free agency signing on offense and then we go heavy draft like, I, I, I could see. I like that a lot, like actually. I think Bulaga is going to be too expensive. Or if it's not Bulaga, then it's one of those other mid-range contract. Beecham, whatever. Or just a short contract guy. Just sign ourselves a like, give ourselves a solid floor at right tackle because that's my big worry. Is I feel like if we don't get one of the first round guys in the draft, that I don't trust anyone else to come in and immediately be able to do right tackle, and I don't want a tire fire at right tackle. Maybe we could just re-sign a Fetty. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> okay, would you listen. rather re-sign a Fetty or Fant? Fant. Uh, uh, neither. You get honest, two dude. positions out of Fant. We're the, we're the tight Fant, end jokes. Fant is Let's a tight go. end. He's not a tackle. Yeah, exactly, Eric. Oh, and a Fetty's not a tackle either. <laughs> ah, ah. It's a little uh, off-season XFL humor coming at you. Is that X- XFL humor? Is that Well, it was kind of an X-rated, extreme joke. X-rated humor. It was, uh, no, because I didn't. I didn't say don't. He was doing one of these. All right, yeah. let's let's get to the money zone. Uh, if you want to support the Seahawks Nest podcast, there are many ways to do so. Uh, you could head over. The best way is to head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest. And for as little as $1.24 a month, get access to the group chat. Get access to the, the Patreon feed. Um, maybe I'll ma- mail you a sticker. Um Maybe, maybe we'll remember but, what all these but, tiers are. But very, but but it, even if I won't mail you it's very likely I'll say your name. Thanks, Lewis, who is our first February Patreon, Woo! and also Thanks, to all Lewis. the the big dollar spenders: Jack, James, Lucas, Carrie, Tom, Nick, Frank, Bob, Richard, Kieran, Mike, Brett, Flocktimus, Keith, Michelle, and Brian. Uh, you guys are really helping us out. Uh, you make the Seahawks Nest everything we want it to be. Thank you to everyone who's given us a review. That's the other way to help us. Go to iTunes. We are the second most reviewed uh, Seahawks podcast on iTunes now that isn't affiliated with like a major media corporation. So uh, thanks to everyone who's gone out and Hashtag given us a review. Um, we uh, we try to we've tried to remain independent and relatively ad free. Uh, to focus on the content. And Except we, for the old spec ad. We hope that you guys... Pre- do you want to do a spec ad? Oh, I've been dying to do spec ads. Oh, you want to do Especially it on the spec? Especially with the, we with the chance that ads may or may not come into this program. Yeah, so so they, uh, we, we definitely have we gotten... We really like shaving each other's junk. We've, got, <laughs> we've, gotten, uh, we've gotten a couple offers for ads lately, so maybe let's do a practice one, okay? Uh, Kevin, have you ever been, have you ever been uh, in the shower and looked down at your junk and been like, man, I can barely see it. There's so much hair. Manscaping. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the other day I was uh, I was looking at Eric's Eric junk. Me, Eric gave me a look and right there. I really noticed Eric's junk was just uh, looking a little bit wild there. You know, I told him, "Hey, dude, you might wanna you might wanna get yourself a lawnmower for your junk." And he was like, "That would hurt." Manscaping. And I was like, "No, not that kind of lawnmower. The manscaping kind of lawnmower. It's got a light and it's got a ball hair trimmer." I feel like a couple things we you have gotta the, know. We, right One, now we have the family friendly tag on iTunes, and I feel like this might lose us. It. Yeah. First of all, I'm a John Deere man. Two, if, if you're going to do a spec ad, it's got to be something I'm more specific. Man. It's got to be something more specific. Manscaping, like. manscaping is a real thing, Eric. It's is a it? real product. It's it, a real product. Manscaping oh, is it? Is a company. 
Oh wow! I got a and the lawnmower 3.0. Is I don't know what you yeah, kids. They're they're, they're, they're trimmer. Yeah. Okay. Still the John Deere man. What's longer than? <laughs> no, I can't do it. I can't do it. I I got a favorite spec out of mine. Arby's. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we have the meats. We we have the good we commercials. Need to trim your meat. Okay. Go to Manscaped. Arby's. Democracy feel like rules. getting Democracy sick rules. on Do we leave this in or cut it? <laughs> we leave it in. Leave it in, Eric. You're Eric. Leave it in or cut it. Mm, leave it in. It's All right, there we go. Zone, now, man. Now, there we go. It's, a, it's it's. These people know what they're getting. Part, if they hang part on to of the podcast, podcast forever now. You have to. <laughs> you have to hear about <laughs> cousin cousin it in Eric's pants. <laughs> Wait, what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> go 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 go. Keep just keep going. So speaking of uh, circumstances where you find yourself wishing that you took a different pill. Um, our movie this week is nice. Uh, the movie Parasite. that all other oh. movies must be compared to. Wait, can we talk about Parasite winning though? Eric, yeah, Kevin is no one stands Korean cinema harder than Kevin, and so uh, congratulations is true. Congratulations, Kevin. Um, I will say I did I did fist pump like Tiger Woods at Pebble Beach when when it won. Like I did one of those like silent things where I was pointing to the TV, and then when they said Parasite, I went like. Just the, the the hard fist. That's a, that's a good dad move there. Yeah. So uh, well, I, Odin, Odin was sleeping right next to me. So um, I typed very loudly yeah. uh, out of joy. I, I I went on uh, the various places I talk about movies and immediately celebrated and danced on everyone else's yeah. grave. It was felt uh, really good. It's pretty good, and a lot of people are mad because they I don't want to read their movies. Okay. Um, yep. The, and, uh, and if you are one of those people. Get literate, son. The Matrix. Okay, Come let's to my level. Let's, we're going to talk about The Matrix. We're going to talk about a movie that, you know, I would argue Parasite, it's as good as The Matrix. Yeah, so um, <laughs> The Matrix, for on non-disclosed, is my dad's favorite movie. Um, he rates everything on a not The Matrix to The Matrix can scale. I just, can I, I would argue... Can I be if, your dad on this podcast? Well, I would show? argue if you rate this movie lower than four stars, uh, you need to watch it again. because Or this, you're just too edgy for your own good. This movie is super sweet. And enjoy your uh, your health class in from the point From the point tomorrow. where he says, I need guns, lots of guns, to the end of the movie is like one of the most exciting action stretches in any movie ever all time I, it's like not and then the opening of that movie with it's got like a carrie, 35 minute carrie ann moss running from the agent is also just like gangbusters it's so good it's a good start it's got this great hot open and the big thing is you forget about this because once you've seen the movie like you've seen the movie but for the first about 30 to 35 minutes the only thing that's really like weird that happened is uh, he has that instance where the agent like implants the bug in his belly button and then he wakes up. And so you're sitting there going, did that really happen? And he's going, did that really happen? You get this Twilight Zone moment. Is that when he doesn't have a mouth also? That's when he same doesn't scene. have a mouth also in the same scene. How? And from there, you, it's not until you get to when they suck it back out of his stomach in the car that you're like, oh, okay, this really is happening. Okay, a couple things. is One, this movie's 20 years old and it still looks awesome. There's only and a couple two, scenes where it looks a little chunk because of the because of like the theme like the matrix. You know, yeah, the 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 thing that looks bad is the the matrix. The green yes. the green zeros look stupid, but everything else I think looks really good still. And that it's kind of a testament to the fact that they used a lot of practical effects and stuff to get that to achieve the look that they wanted. But that uh, camera system. But uh, they they um, oh my gosh, my brain just turned off. Uh, the the because the movie is like set at the peak of humanity in, in the 1998 or whatever 
like all the stuff like the cell phones and the the stupid pay phones and stuff it all kind of works still even though even though the Nokia it, slide right even though like now you're like man that's a, that's some old cell phones and stuff but it works because there's like this this like they're living in the dream world 1998 yeah they future proof their movie they future proof their movie by by doing that it's an amazing move and it made it uh so much so much better i mean this movie came out 1 year before linkin park <laughs> think about that <laughs> that's a that's that's, that's a brand new sentence. that's crazy dude. no one has ever said that sentence before that's that's, a new sentence. that's crazy that's like so long ago and and it still holds up it's still really really good it's dude, a there's it's, really good cast larry fishburne's amazing keanu reeves playing a role that he was made for uh joey pants joe pantaleone uh joey pants is like perfect decipher that guy is so good i would He's a great he, character. He should actor. be in way more movies. Yeah, Hugo Weaving's Agent Smith is iconic for a reason. Like, there's a lot of excellent uh, casting in this. Uh, Belinda McClory as Switch. Like, there's these uh, uh, Dozer, uh, Mouse. Like, all the all the bit characters are well cast and work for the role that they're supposed to be in. There's just there's a lot to the like way about they, this movie. The way they build out the world too is so the, the world building in this movie is not heavy handed. You know, like when he meets Dozer and Dozer and he and he goes and talks to him and he's like, yeah, you see, he's like, he's like, hey, you don't have the plugs on your head. You know what I mean? And it's like it's like it evolves naturally as part of the conversation as opposed to like you know them telling you now. There's some stuff you know he tells when he's telling yeah, him. Larry like, Fishburne has like the, the has intro a, has a monologue, but. That monologue even is like makes sense in the context of the movie because they're like trying to get him to realize like, hey, dude, you've lived a lie your whole life, and how do we introduce that to you without? And Larry you Fishburne out? reading it is so beautiful. It's this beautiful, deep, dark voice that really captivates you and brings you into the story. So it's you don't realize it's a monologue until you're like, oh yeah, that was a monologue. Yeah, yeah. It it just like you said because they give you mm-hmm. Neo as this character who needs the information too. It doesn't feel like they're doing it just for you with this crappy voiceover. It's in the context of the world, this needed to be explained to Neo, therefore. And it just works so much better. There's, yeah, there's so many moments. It's funny that this movie gets kind of memed, like the I know Kung Fu. But then... That part is so cool, though. That part is really right. They memed itself, though, because that was part of the preview, and it it was fun. It let you know, like... This is going to be a badass movie. And that, it's going to be a lot of fun. That fight seems I mean, cool because it, tastes like chicken. it, it really shows you like Neo becoming like the one because at the beginning of the fight scene, you know, he's like, I learned all these fight styles. Let me show you. And then Morpheus is like, well, you still can't hit me because I also know all these fight styles because I can download the programs into my head too. And then, and then at the end, you know, he's like, is that really air you're breathing? And all of a sudden and Neo like starts to click for him. You know, he like starts to move really fast and he's so fast that... You know, they have the like the weird blurry thing that they do when he moves really fast. And <laughs> yeah. It's a, it, I mean, it's just kind of a cool scene. And then they, they put him in the jump program. And that's like such a great iconic scene, you know, because he falls, right? And it, it makes it better. It, well, and they keep you questioning yourself on the, is he the one, is he not? Uh, Gloria Foster is the Oracle. Is friggin' perfect. The whole Oracle sequence when he's in the apartment and the way that she handles the situation, everything is perfect. Right. And if you if you really believe that, okay, let's say you're in the, the mythos, right, and you really believe she had the the real Oracle powers, right? I mean, it's so perfect because the way Morpheus reacts to it, too. You know, like she told him he's not the one, and Morpheus is like, she told you what you needed to hear, and he's right. 
She told him what he needed to hear. He needed to have that because it made him push himself, right? It's that like hero's journey piece. Right. It gave him that motivation he needed to take his like final evolution kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, okay, let me let me uh do a, a couple a couple things right here. Okay. Um first, the there the reason I wanted to do this movie and I thought they're they're making a Matrix four. Okay. Uh, Wachowski's, Wachowski's doing it. Wachowski's it on is board. Being filmed now. I Keanu believe. Reeves what? is in. Carrie Ann Moss it is in. It comes out like the same month that uh, John Wick Four comes out. Weird. Uh, okay, Yaya Yaya Abdul Mateen is in it from uh, Wayland from Us. Uh, that's pretty cool. And uh, then also there's uh, and he's also the guy from um, Aquaman, the Black, Black Mantis. Mantis. Black Mantis, right? Black That's Manta. Cool. Black Manta. I'm bad at Aquaman. And then Jada Pika Smith's back. Neil Patrick Harris is in it. It's going to be good. Neil Patrick Harris seems like a really good fit for the Matrix. I honestly just want to see it because I want to see what 2021 Matrix is going to look like, right? Because this movie looked so good in 1999. I kind of am curious what can they do with now current 2021 technology. Also, I just hope... Oh, Priyanka film- Chopra's in it? I hope they... Film- wow. Yes. I hope they film it with all, uh, all IMAX cameras. <laughs> that's my, that's my dream. That would be really sweet. Yeah. Those right. little, little. Any other uh, Matrix thoughts before we uh, close up shop here? No, I think I said everything there is to say. Just like a great action movie while still being a really good high concept sci-fi movie. It was a great. It was a leap forward for both action and sci-fi. In I would say movies in general, the way they filmed it, the way they used practical effects with uh, special effects. It moved the entire medium forward. Do you no think it no the, joke. Do you think it's the best movie of 1999? Ooh. American Beauty, Fight Club, Sixth Sense, Eyes Wide Shut, Being John yes. Malkovich, Ten Things I Hate About You, Green Mile. Um, yeah, for me it is. You can certainly some make the I discussion. Some of those I not care that much about. Because uh, anyone who defends any of those movies you said, there's some big question marks. Like, well, if I someone says American Beauty, you're like, well... So do you, uh, do you me, really love that movie? For me, though, Ghost Dog: Way of the Samurai. But I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm just, kidding. I'm just kidding, kind of. So for Kevin Carver, for Eric Ronovec, we will see you next week. Go Hawks!